Welcome to the Sozo Church Podcast. Our desire is to see every person know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Enjoy. Why don't you write this down? Uh, baptism, the word baptism, it comes from a Greek word in the New Testament called baptizo. Baptizo. Here, here's what that essentially just means. It means to immerse something. It, it, have you ever dropped your phone in the pool before? Have you ever seen it immerse and you just thought, that's going to cost me uh, some money today? Have you ever dropped your phone in the toilet before? That's, a, that's really going to cost you. And in that moment, you have a decision you have to make. Do I just, just leave it and, and flush it or do I just... Do I go for it and do the rice trick? I don't do the rice trick, okay? It doesn't work, number one, and I don't suggest you putting your hand down in the toilet. But baptiz- baptizo means to immerse. Uh, to baptize something is to completely submerge it underneath something, to, to immerse it into a, a particular context, for you to take a, a certain thing and to just intentionally not just dip it one time, but to, to place it under, to immerse in that particular thing. I, I love one of my favorite things with my sons. One of my, my favorite things to do is to, to do like the Nacho Libre voice. Have you seen Nacho Libre? My kids love it. If you have kids and they haven't seen Nacho Libre, I would encourage you. That's a revelation right there, okay? Just give that to them. Bless them with that. Watch it as a family. But my sons, they'll come up to me and my, my oldest son will say to me, sometimes he'll look at me and goes, um, he, he'll say, uh, have you ever been baptized? He'll say that to me. It's like a part of the movie, you know? I love it. I absolutely love it. But I love that part of the movie because um, he's concerned with, I forget the guy's name, the other guy, he's concerned, what is it? Skeletor. He's, thank you, sir. Uh, <laughs> co-preaching today. We're co-preaching. Uh, tag team. Pfft, fitting because of Nacho Libre, whatever. Anyway. Um, so he says to him, I'm beginning to be a little bit concerned about your salvation and stuff, right? So he's like, I'm, I'm concerned because you haven't been baptized. And so they start this whole thing, and then he comes over there. Remember, I don't know if you've seen it. If you haven't, go see it. Uh, he grabs his head with like a bowl of water and just like starts to forcefully slam his head there. Here's what I can tell you. Disclaimer, at the end of this, I hope that you don't feel like anyone's questioning your salvation. At the end of this talk, we will not forcefully have you come down to the front, push you over, uh, say, speak it out, like tell you you gotta speak it. We're not gonna do any of those things. It's just a discussion today. But I love this because the Bible, I think, Personally, this is just my humble but I believe accurate opinion, <laughs> um, is that there are, there are at least from surface value and then if, even if you dig into the, the, the original text in the Greek, there seems to be three baptisms, three baptisms. And I want to just break those down for a moment with you. Uh, I'll, I'll put them up on the screen and then I'll give you scriptures to support uh, kind of my, my opinion or my position around these. Uh, but here's what the three are. The first one is the, excuse me, the Holy Spirit baptizes us, the believer, into the body of Christ. That's the first baptism. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. And I'll explain that in a moment. The second one is the disciple or the believer baptizes another believer in water Uh, And we'll talk about that. And then the third one is that Jesus, notice the subjects have shifted here. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'm going to break those down for you. The first one is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. Let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 in the Living Bible says this. We, this is speaking of Christians, we have been baptized, baptizo, immersed into Christ's body by the one Spirit. And have all been given that same Holy Spirit. Remember, Christians all have the Holy Spirit. Right here it's saying that there's, there's a work 
that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, the person within the Trinity does in the life of the believer. And here's what he does. At salvation, this is talking about salvation. At salvation, the Holy Spirit takes a person that is empty, that is in need of the grace of God, in need of the Spirit of God, in need of salvation, forgiveness, redemption, takes that person when they put their faith in Jesus Christ, he takes them, and then the Bible says that their, their life is filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they're, they're immersed or baptized into something called the body of Christ. What is that? That is this, the church. There is a spiritual family that God has called the body of Christ. It's one of, one of the, the, the titles that we have as a church, the body of Christ. So that's a kind of abstract uh, kind of sounding idea, but let me just show you this like in the way that I kind of saw this. Is it imagine this, that there is, this is your life right here. Apart from Christ, you're empty and you're estranged from both God and from spiritual family. You're empty and you're estranged and you're disconnected. But when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is that Jesus is the son of God, that he lived 30 years, a sinless, 33 years, a sinless, spotless life in your place. He lived in your place. And then he went to the cross to pay for your sin and my sin because the Bible says the wages of sin, the penalty of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. How many of you thankful for the gift of God of eternal life? Well, how do we receive that? Jesus goes to the cross. He pays for our sins in our place. So he not only lived in our place, a righteous life, he died in our place paying for our sin. So he lived for us and he died for us. Man, I'm so thankful for Jesus. He lived for us, he died for us, and he rose to newness of life all for us, and when we believe that, I know it may sound foolish, I get it, it may sound crazy, but the Bible says to those that don't believe, it is foolishness, but to those that believe, it is the very power of God unto salvation. And when we put our, we take our empty life and we say, God, I need you to fill up my life. Right now my life is, imagine it's filled with black stuff, it just Dump that out. God, fill me up with your grace and your love and your mercy and your truth. God, fill up my life. Forgive me of my sins. I put my faith in what Jesus has done. I can't earn salvation, but I need you, Jesus. When that happens, the Bible says, imagine this kind of being God. Now, this is my little way to do this. If I spill something, Lord, don't let me get electrocuted up here. Imagine God says, okay, now I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. I'm going to fill you with my love. I'm going to fill you with my grace. I'm going to fill you with my kindness. But I'm so thankful that God doesn't stop here. The Bible says that in that moment, the Holy Spirit, he takes us and he baptizes us or immerses us into the body of Christ. Imagine this being, it's, they're not filled up, but imagine they're all filled up. Illustration has broken down already. <laughs> imagine they're all filled up and what God does is not only does he fill up your empty life, but he takes your estranged life, your life separated from God. Now God is now in you through the Holy Spirit. So you're no longer estranged from God. You're no longer at odds or enmity with God. And now you're placed, you're immersed, you're baptized into this body of Christ. The sad thing is, is many Christians live their spirituality filled by the Holy Spirit, saved by God's grace, They've appropriated that grace and love and tr all by faith and received it, but they're not immersed in a body. What does our life look like when it's immersed in something? I, I, I bought a set of golf clubs years ago and I played once a year and I was terrible. And I bought a cheap set of golf clubs and I, I would go play golf in like clothes that you should not play golf in. I did not have looked the part at all. But there was a moment where something, something snapped on the inside of me. It was, 
it was, it was something called Matt Laborde, this guy over here. He told me, he's like, if you're going to play golf, you got to immerse yourself into it. You got to go all in. You got to immerse yourself in it. And I'm preaching golf right now. This is great, right? And he, he said, you got to go. So I went and bought all new clubs. I bought the hat, the shirt, the belt, the shoes. I got Pro V1s. That's gospel, isn't it? That's gospel, right? That's good news right there. What did I do? You know what I did? I said, I'm not just going to dip in and out of golf. I'm going to immerse myself in golf. We have a lot of Christians in the modern day church, specifically in the West, that here's what we do. We think that it's enough to just kind of dip in and out of church on Sundays and never be immersed in a body. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit wants to spiritually immerse us. But we have to make a physical decision, a, a, a decision where we say we're not going to leave, live separated. We're going to share our life. We're going to immerse our life. What does that look like? Listen, I'm going to preach one of the parts of our vision right here. If you're not in a small group, you need to get in a small group. I'm in two small groups. I'm an overachiever, okay? <laughs> why? You know why? Listen, because I need the people here. I need, I need these, yeah, is God all you need? The Lord, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, he's all that I want. Listen, that's great, but God, through the Holy Spirit, says, you need, you need the other people. You need these people. You need these people. See, on Sunday, you can hear a message that can be a catalyst for change, but transformation is worked out in community. Transformation is worked out when you immerse yourself into a body. I would encourage you, you need to be a part of a small group. You need to be a part of a community of people where you can share your life with them, where you can eventually take off the mask and, and the proverbial mask and be fully known, immerse yourself into that because that's part of the work of the Holy Spirit. You just have to cooperate with his work. Cooperate with his work. Uh, here's, here's, here's something else for you right here. Number two, I'll keep moving on. Uh, before I give you this one, I just want to clarify, before I give you this, the, the, the disciple baptizes us in water. Um, by the way, all you need to... Um, to be at peace with God, to be saved, and to spend eternity with God, all you need is the first baptism. You don't need to be water baptized. And, here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify that. Some of you are like, screech, what is he about to say? I'm going to clarify that in a moment. But remember the thief on the cross. He came to faith in Christ. I'm sure it would have been nice if he would have said, hey, Roman soldiers, I want to get down real quick, get baptized, I'll come right back. Sure, you're coming right back. So I want to be clear. Here's why I'm clear on this point. There, baptism, water baptism serves a purpose, and God, God has commanded us to do it. But I think that there's a separation here because, because it, it wants, God wants us to be clear that salvation, salvation is all a work of God and a work of grace. But the second baptism that we do see in Scripture is, is, um, is this. The, the, the disciple or the believer baptizes us in water. Look what it says in Matthew 28. Jesus said this to his disciples. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The baptism he's speaking of here is a water baptism, a water baptism. I remember whenever I gave my life to Jesus, um, uh, I had a friend of mine. He said, you need to be water baptized. And I told him, I was like, this was in the year 2000. I was 18 years old. And uh, he said, I, I told him, I was like, well, I was baptized when I was a kid. He said, but you really just started following Jesus. And you, you really just came to faith in Christ. You never, were, you never truly relied on, on Jesus for your salvation and forgiveness. And I would encourage you to be baptized now to go public with this decision of being a follower of Jesus. So he encouraged me to do it. This was at midnight in the middle of the wintertime in Louisiana. And I said, well, when, well let's just do it right now. 
And he said, well, I don't have a baptismal tank. And I was like, well, let's just find one. And so we went to an apartment complex, jumped the fence, and jumped in this pool that was like green water. And he baptized, he had like little, it was gross. And, and he baptized me, and the cops came. I almost got arrested at my baptism. But let me tell you, why, why do you need to be water baptized? Look, check this out. Number one, Jesus modeled it. Matthew chapter 3 says this, then Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, then Jesus from Galilee, uh, went from Galilee to the Jordan River, which Jennifer and I, we've been baptized in the Jordan River. It was amazing. Went to the Jordan River. Why? Why? To be baptized. Jesus went to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, John said. So that was smart. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Jesus didn't need to be water baptized, but he was modeling for those that would follow after him what they should do. Look at this. So number one, Jesus modeled it. Number two, God does require it. If you notice in that last part of the verse, God requires it, Jesus said. Look, Acts chapter 2 also says this. Peter replied uh, that first day when he preached at the day of Pentecost, he said, each of you must, each of you must repent of your sins. That's turn away from your sins and your lifestyle towards God. Turn to God, and look at this, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. God requires it. Number three, Jesus commissioned it. Matthew 28, we read it earlier. He says, go into all the world, preach the God, or make disciples, and preach the gospel, and all those things. But he says to baptize people. You're to baptize people. Here, here's what baptism is, water baptism. Baptism, water baptism is one of the sacred traditions and sacraments of the church of Jesus Christ instituted by God, watch this, as a public profession of your faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. Some of you here today, you, you, you've, you've been filled by God's grace. Some of you in here today, you've said, now Sozo Church is my, my community. I'm placed in this community. Some of you haven't been water baptized yet. I want to encourage you. We, it would be my, one of my greatest honors in my life to get to baptize you or someone in our church. Notice, by the way, it wasn't, he doesn't say that it has to be pastors baptizing. It just has to be a disciple of Jesus. That's why one of my favorite things was whenever I saw you, Marco, baptize your son. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. You just have to be a follower of Jesus, and you can baptize um, that person. But let me read this last scripture, and I'll, I'll move to the, the last one, which is the most important one I wanted to run by you. Is Luke chapter 12, verse 8 says this about water baptism, going public with your profession, this is one of the th areas where I think it's so important. I say to you, whoever declares openly and confesses me before men, the Son of Man also will declare openly and confess him as one of his own before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied in the presence of the angels of God. I think, I think water baptism is this, is us saying, you know what, guys? I belong to Jesus, and I'm not going back. He, I am in covenant with Jesus. You know why I wear this wedding ring? It really does nothing. It means nothing. Uh, other, it's, a, it's a piece of metal with a big, giant black rock on it, okay? It really is, is nothing special about it. But you know what it is? It's a public profession that I'm taking and that I belong to Jennifer. And she wears a ring, and, and it's because, because I belong to her and she belongs to me. It's a public, that's what baptism is. Baptism is the ring for the Christian. Us going public saying, no, the devil can't have my life. The devil can't have my family. The devil can't have my marriage. I belong to Jesus. Amen? Sword of baptism. Last one is this. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, here's probably a, a way that I could illustrate this. If, if, 
if we're, we've been baptized, we've been filled, filled with the Holy Spirit, now baptized into the body of Christ, I think what the scriptures, as I'll read to you, there's seven different scriptures that talk about this, by the way. Um, and I think what, what, what happens is, is that Jesus then says this, you have the Holy Spirit that's filled your life inside of you. But now, I want to do this. I want to baptize you, and it's going to look something like this. I want you to be completely immersed in my Holy Spirit. I want you to be completely surrounded. I want you to be completely overtaken. You know what we were saying earlier? All-consuming fire. Consume me. Here's, 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 here's what God is saying through his word. is I want your life not to just be filled by, but to be consumed by the Holy Spirit. To be controlled by the Holy Spirit. To be led by the Holy Spirit. For your life to have power and to have victory. That's what God wants for us. Let me show it to you in scripture. There are seven New Testament scriptures that use the phrase baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's tons of scriptures that say uh, filled with the Spirit. There, there's so many, but I just want to share a few. Out of the seven, I'm going to share um, just a couple, but let me just give it to you for your reference. Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1, Acts 1, 5, Acts 11, 16, 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Certainly in Acts chapter 2, we see that, that fulfillment of Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit. But let me just tell you this before I read the verses. Think about, just think, I'm so fired up about this. Think about this. In four gospel accounts, there are only five things mentioned in all four accounts. The feeding of the 5,000, it's in all four gospels. The birth of Jesus Christ, all four gospels. The death of Jesus Christ, all four gospels. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, all four gospels and the baptism in the Holy Spirit and all four Gospels. I just have this inclination that if it's there that many times and every single church father thought it was important to put it there, it has to be important. Let me bring clarity to this. I'm not talking about speaking in tongues. I'm talking about a baptism. We'll get to that a little bit later. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 says this. I baptize you, John the Baptist said this. I baptize you with water, water baptism, to show that you have repented. That is that you have come to faith in God. But the one who will come after me, speaking of Jesus, he will, he will, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. With fire. Look at this. What does that mean, fire? That sounds pretty spooky. I think it just means a passion and a power on the inside of you. Dunamis, power, and passion on the inside of you. Who, who is John speaking about? Jesus. What is Jesus doing in, going to do in uh, this, this promise? He's going to baptize people. And what is he going to baptize them in? The Holy Spirit. I think it's pretty clear there. You have to notice when you read different translations, you'll sometimes see the baptism with the Holy Spirit or the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Um, they're interchangeable when you look at the Greek there. The Greek word, I think they're going to throw it up on the screen there. Uh, it's interchangeable, that preposition there. It can be shifted around, so it doesn't matter if you say in or with. But where people go wrong is people start saying the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit could be interchanged with this, the baptism by the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Baptism of the Holy Spirit is the first one that we talked about over here. But the, but the baptism of Jesus is when he... He takes a person's life and he baptizes them, immerses them in the Holy Spirit. Look, Mark chapter 1 says this, I indeed baptize you with water, John says. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter 3, Jesus answered, or John answered, saying to all, I, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to, to loose. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Again, in John chapter 1, he says, he says, he says, um, 
I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. By the way, let me just fill you in on one thing. He says this about Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will descend on Jesus and will remain. That is very, very key because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would descend on people and would leave people. That's why David said this, take not your Holy Spirit from me. The Holy Spirit would come on on Saul and he would prophesy, but it would leave Saul. You would see it descend and depart. But when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus rose from the dead, the veil was torn in two and Jesus sent the promise of the Holy Spirit to remain on us, never to depart. Never to depart. That's just good preaching for me, at least. Get myself excited. Let me show you this. Can I, can I just hurry and show you something? There's, there's a biblical pattern. I want you to see this. I could be crazy. I could just be seeing things. I get it. But there are other people that see these that I've studied. The biblical pattern of the three baptisms is this. Look at this. Remember, salvation, that's when you're saved. Salvation. Remember, water, that's when you're baptized. And then the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you'll hear the Holy Spirit referred to as fire. You'll hear the Holy Spirit referred to like a dove, like wind, like water. He's just got a lot of different personalities, doesn't he? I love it. But look at this in Acts chapter 2. I want to show you a a, a biblical pattern of three. Biblical pattern of three. Acts chapter 2. Now when they heard this, these are the people that heard the gospel for the first time right after the cross and the resurrection. After they heard this, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. You know what that is? That is coming to faith in Christ, turning from your life and your empty life towards God. Repent and believe, right? Repent. Salvation, and let every one of you be baptized, look at this, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's water, water baptism. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There's that third thing there, the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all of you who are, 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 are far off, or are far off, uh, as many as the Lord God will call. In other words, Peter says there's three things that are available to you. If you believe in Jesus, you'll be saved. Be water baptized. And number three, receive the Holy Spirit, right? Here's uh, three baptisms in Samaria. Acts chapter 8, it says this, uh, then Philip, one of the other uh, early church fathers, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. By the way, only Jewish people had been uh, come to faith in Christ at this point. Those outside of the Jewish family had not. And so this is almost like their own Pentecost moment. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. He preached Jesus to them. I love preachers that preach Jesus. We don't need your opinion. We don't need your philosophy. We don't need your ideas. We just need Jesus. Give us Jesus. And it said, Philip preached Jesus. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed. It says, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. This is the work of the Spirit. It says, and there was great joy in that city. Ah, Acts, and look what it says in verse 12. Moving on, it says, but when they believed, what is that, when they believed? That's salvation. When they believed, Philip, as he preached, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were what? Baptized. There's a second one. And then look, it keeps going. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem 
heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Do you see the pattern of three there? Can I just keep going on for just another moment? Even over in Ephesus, it happened in Ephesus. If it happened in Jerusalem, it happened in Samaria, it happened in Ephesus, maybe it could happen here. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you did what? When you believed, that's salvation, right? So they said to him, we have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. They went to one of those denominational churches, obviously. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people, that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Jesus Christ. Look at this. And when they heard this, they were baptized. There's the second one. And it says, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them and prayed for them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And it says that they spoke in tongues and they prophesied in this particular case. And as I'll explain in a little bit, it's not in every single case. But you see that pattern. Now let me just show you. Can I show you three one more time? Just maybe two more times. Okay, look at this. First John chapter 5 says this. This is mind-blowing. First John chapter 5 talks about three witnesses in heaven, three witnesses on earth. Look at this. For there, chapter 5, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, which is Jesus, another name for him, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Now watch this. There's three that bear witness on earth. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. What does the blood represent? The blood of Jesus, salvation. And these three are in agreement as one. I love that. Let me show you just one, uh, one more beautiful one. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 10. This is a great scripture. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all, he's speaking of the Jewish people when they came out of Egypt, when they were delivered. Let my people go. You've seen the movie, Moses, you know it, okay? Says this, that our ancestors, he said, don't, don't be ignorant. Don't be uninformed about this. That our ancestors were all under the cloud. It was a cloud that was the Holy Spirit, it was a cloud, represented by a cloud of fire by night and a cloud of coverage by day. He says they were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. Remember, the sea parted and they came out of Egypt and they crossed over the water. But it says this, look, they were all baptized, immersed into Moses. Now, let me just stop right here. That's confusing. What, what was Moses for the Jewish people? He was their type of deliverer. He was the one that went in so that they could come out. Moses is the prophetic picture of the true and greater deliverer that would one day come, that would come in so that we could. But it says they were baptized into Moses, look at this, into the cloud and into the sea. What was the baptism into the sea? They went, the sea parted, they went through the sea, and then the sea came down, separating them from their old life. That's part of what water baptism does. It says, I'm not, I'm not living how I used to live in Egypt. I'm coming out of Egypt, and Egypt's coming out of me. It's three baptisms. Last one here, last one here, the tabernacle. I promise you, this is the last one. I didn't have the chart to put it up here. Google it when you get a chance. Google's amazing. Um, but the, the tabernacle in the Old Testament was a earth, uh, basically a picture. If, if there was a mirror on earth reflecting what it looks like in heaven, there was a temple that was built reflecting what heaven is like. And that temple was established and built, and 
Part of what would happen is there was only one gate right here in the temple. There were many gates to get into the city, but only one gate, one door to get into, into the temple. That's just, Jesus said, I am the door. I, okay, so, so you come through that door, and there were three things that a priest had to do in order to go into the Holy of Holies. You know what it was? There were three things. The first was at an altar. It was the brazen altar. They had to slay a sinless spot, or excuse me, they had to slay a spotless lamb, a pure lamb. They had to slay it, and it was, it was representing a covenant that God had with his people. They would slay that lamb, and it would, his blood would be on that altar. That represents salvation. The second thing that they'd do, you know what they'd do? They'd go to a, a, a laver and a bowl filled with water. They'd wash their hands. The third thing they would do is they would go to a flask of oil, and they'd be anointed with oil. The altar, the laver, the flask, salvation, water baptism, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Just a pattern, I'm just saying. Okay, what about Jesus? Did Jesus, since he's our model, did Jesus have to, did he have all three of the baptisms there? Well, number one, Jesus didn't have to be born again because he was born right the first time. <laughs> Got that one, check. Jesus was baptized in water and Jesus was baptized by the Spirit. We see it, look, Matthew chapter three, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River, as we read earlier, to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs you to baptize me, right? It keeps going. But Jesus said to him, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him, and a voice from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So here's my conclusion. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? The baptism in the Holy Spirit appears to be a separate experience from when the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit's baptism is into the body of Christ, but the baptism of Jesus does in us, um, through the Holy Spirit, giving us power to do ministry and to overcome the enemy. That's what I see. I see that in some places it happened at salvation. In some places in Scripture it happened later on after salvation. In some places, it just happened when someone prayed. In some places, it happened when someone laid hands on them. I don't know this, the, like the order, if it's subsequent, if you, you, know, you, you give your life to Jesus, then you're water baptized, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know. I, I think we see in Scripture there's some people that put their faith in Christ. They were forgiven of their sins. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they were baptized. I don't think there's an order other than you got to get the first one right, right? you got to give your life to God. you got to give your life to Jesus. But when does it occur? That's been the biggest debate within churches. Is it subsequent? Like, do you get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you have to have this third experience? I truly don't know the answer to that, but the language that I like to use is this. is I want to live my life, regardless if you believe in you were baptized in the Holy Spirit at salvation or baptized in the Holy Spirit later on. I want to live my life just immersed in the Holy Spirit. And an ongoing filling, just keep filling my life up, Holy Spirit, in the way that Paul described it. He said this in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thought thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what God's will is for your life. And look what he says. Don't turn up too much. Don't be drunk with wine. He's got like four laughs there. Thanks, guys. It's a rough crowd. He says, don't be drunk with wine, even on Labor Day weekend. As it relates to Christian liberties, be free, but be wise, right? 
Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. It's good wisdom. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know it takes a choice to get drunk. Even when you accidentally drink too much, you initially went to that bottle of wine or bottle of liquor and you started pouring it and you had one drink and you said, I'm going to have another drink, I'm going to have another drink. I think in the same way Paul's saying, you have to be intentional with this whole idea of the Holy Spirit filling your life. It's not, you're not just going like, to like accidentally gravitate towards that and it's going to happen. You need to be intentional of coming to drink of the Holy Spirit into your life, metaphorically speaking. He says this, singing psalms and, uh, and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's encouragement is this, is just live a spirit-filled life where you're constantly being filled. Here, here's what I love about this. Paul uses a present tense and imperative verb right there, and he says this. It could better be translated, I promise you, read it when you get a chance. In the Greek, it could better be translated, not just be filled, but be continually filled. That's what, it's a present tense imperative verb. It, it's in the present. Let's just keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come into my life. That idea of this ongoing filling. How do I know it's true? Because you see it in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 8, Acts chapter 4, verse 23, and Acts chapter 4, verse 31. These were believers that had a moment of prayer and worship, and the Holy Spirit came in power, and they were filled again. It's an ongoing filling in our life. If you're already full of the Holy Spirit at salvation, then how can you be more full of the Holy Spirit? Here's the best way I can illustrate it, and Elton, you can come up and help me with this. Make me sound spiritual with the keys. Thanks. I told you I'm breaking out all the illustrations today. I just thought of this one last night. If it goes south, I apologize. <laughs> this is your life. You're empty. There's no, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Hebrew name for the Holy Spirit is this, is, um, is uh, Ruach HaKadesh. Ha means the, Kadesh means holy. Ruach is spirit, which literally means breath. It's breath, it's holy breath. It's breath of God, breath of heaven. It's wind. It's a, some of you feel like there's no wind in your sails right now. You need the Ruach HaKadosh. You need the divine breath of God, the Holy Spirit into your life because your life looks like this. You're a Christian, but you're deflated. You're discouraged. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit, God wants to do this with the Holy Spirit. He wants to, can we make this work here? Let's see. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. This balloon here is full of air. It's full of wind. It's full of spirit. How can this balloon be any more full? It's full. I mean, wouldn't it be true to say that this thing is full? Yeah, it's full of it. But the capacity of this balloon can't has the potential to be greater. It just has to get to the right source. Oh, shala. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's when you go to church. That's when you're reading the Bible and you're seeking God. Holy Spirit, fill up my life. But watch, that's a good, good place to clap, but I'm gonna show you. But here's what, the Holy Spirit wants to continue to increase your capacity to experience him, to know him, to be empowered by him, to get victory from him. But here's what life does to us, right? How does this whole talk help you on Monday? How is this better? Like, thanks for the doctrine, Jason. I've got work tomorrow, or you don't tomorrow. Tuesday, I have to go to work and I gotta deal with that crazy boss. You know what? Life has a way of doing this to us, doesn't it? And I think what Paul's saying is, you need to make a decision to keep going back to the source. Keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. Sin will deflate you, the pressures of life, the circumstances of life, but we have to get to the place. Regardless if you believe in 
a baptism subsequent or it happened at the moment. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep being filled. Let's just keep being filled. It's not worth debating and arguing. Let's just keep being filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's awesome. Let me finish with this right here. I want to just tell you my story and, um, and I'll wrap up. Let me tell you this. So how do you get filled? Here, this is it. Luke 11, Jesus says this. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. It's stupid. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who just ask? Just ask. You don't have to do some, flip some tricks and just, just say, Holy Spirit, just fill my life. Jesus, baptize me, immerse me in the Holy Spirit. My experience was this. My experience with the Holy Spirit was I gave my life to Jesus in 2000 and I heard that there was a, there was potentially, I didn't know, this is the doctrine I was taught, there was a potentially a, another level of, of you could have more of the Holy Spirit in your life and I was like, cool. I didn't try to argue it like that doesn't make any sense. I just said, if there's more of God, I know me and I need it. And so I said, well, how does that happen? And a guy named Adam Bro, he said, he said, why don't you come to my house and we're just gonna, we're gonna fast. A couple of us guys together, we're gonna fast from, from eating and we're gonna spend some focused time in prayer. We're gonna confess our sins before God and to each other, cleanse our lives of impurity, cleanse our lives from sin, repent, turn to God, and we're just gonna request for the Holy Spirit to come. And I remember that was about a year after I gave my life to Jesus. I was baptizing the spiritual family. It was amazing. But I had this moment where we just turned up the volume, man, and we just went in, just praying, Holy Spirit, come, fill my life. I just desire more of you, God. And you know what happened? He came in power and administered to my life. And there was evidence that he was there with us. There were different things. There were evidence in that moment, but even beyond that, you know what beyond that was? I became, I became an overcomer in certain areas where I was struggling with sin. I actually had a new courage and boldness to witness to people and tell them about Jesus. I actually began to, when I'd get up and I'd start to use some of my gifts, it felt like it was easy, like it was a grace on it. There was an anointing on it. Why? There was evidence that the Holy Spirit was filling my life. It was unbelievable. But can I tell you this? I've actually had about 20 more experiences like that. So what does that mean? Is there a fourth baptism? A fifth? I just think he wants to keep filling us. He wants to keep anointing us. He wants to keep empowering us. He keep, wants to keep strengthening us. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand why people can get hung up on it just being a one-time thing. In May, you know what happened to me in May? In May, I was discouraged and deflated. I felt like there was no wind in my cells. May 2018. My best friend died, my father died, and I was discouraged. I went to London with my wife and I prayed a simple prayer. Holy Spirit. If I've offended you with any sin, I repent of that sin. And Holy Spirit, I just want more of you because I feel deflated in May. The only way I can describe it is the Ruach HaKadosh, the divine breath of God, the Holy Spirit. It was like wind in my sails again. Something shifted and changed. And God wants to do that in your life. So do you have to speak in tongues? As I wrap up, do you have to speak in tongues? Nope, you don't. If you look in the Bible, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He didn't speak in tongues. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She didn't speak in tongues. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit. Didn't speak in tongues. Will you speak in tongues? Maybe. I don't know. I think the most powerful thing is when you get this evidence. You just know it. Something's happening. I sense the Holy Spirit. I sense his power. I sense his presence. I sense his love. I sense his grace. And my life is beginning to transform. And I've got wind in my cells again. I think if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, he says, it's the Holy Spirit who decides who gets what gifts. 
It may be prophecy. It may be speaking in tongues. It may be interpretation of tongues. It may be healing and miracles. I think more than pursuing his gifts, just pursue him. Let him fill your life. Amen. Amen. Father, we love you. And we just thank you for what Jesus wants to do in all of us. He wants to baptize us, immerse us in the Holy Spirit. Heaven wants to fill us, wants to fill ourselves again with the breath of God. God, I ask for forgiveness on behalf of all the Christian leaders and pastors that have maybe made people feel second class because they didn't have it or they didn't speak in tongues or they didn't this or whatever. God, we believe in that. We believe that there are gifts. We believe that those gifts are for today. But God, you decide that. You decide who gets what gifts and what happens. We just want you. We want you in our life, Holy Spirit. Will you baptize us? Come, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We invite you. Thanks for listening. Join us each week on the podcast or live in San Francisco, California. Keep up with life at Sozo Church by following at Sozo Church SF on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have a great day.